What's up, world? It's your boy, JT the One Man Show. I just want to say good morning, good afternoon, or good night, depending on, of course, what time you're listening to this. This is the first official episode of Sometimes It Be Like That podcast. And I really want to thank you for listening in. Um, you know, there's a multitude of podcasts, um, especially this day and age. It's, it's pretty ubiquitous, you know what I'm saying? All-encompassing, you know? Uh, so, you know, just that you limit your ear. Even if it's for, you know, one time, two times, three times, four times, however many times that I put this shit out, I'm going to rep to the death. And you know it's no doubt. Ooh, freestyle game. On point like book book. No, but seriously, all bullshit aside, I really do appreciate y'all. Uh, today, what I want to talk about, um, a few topics, not too many. Um, Keep it short and sweet, you know what I mean? Uh, One is uh, what this podcast is about, generally. Generally speaking, uh, this podcast is about my life, comedy, and everything in between. From relationships, starting your own business, kids, baby mamas, getting married, being married, you know, whatever. Um, also, uh, what kind of venues I hit as far as my stand-up goes. Um, you know, uh, wishing everyone a Father's Day or a happy belated Father's Day for the fathers out there. We're going to be talking about PTCSD. I'll give you what that uh, acronym means. My top five comedians and my top five rappers. And for the most part, that'll be you know, the topic for for this podcast. So getting right into it. Uh, why did I decide to get into stand-up comedy? I mean, that's kind of a... a say long question but you know that's what the podcast is for so here it is niggas so I started stand up comedy because I always felt I was funny now when I say always I'm, I'm I say like 10 ever since I actually you know genuinely remember having like a conscience and thinking and really uh, dictating my own opinions um, I thought I was funny. I remember watching Whose Line Is It Anyway and really thinking like, man, I could do some of that stuff. And I thought how amazing it was that they were actually doing it and improv and stuff like that. And I picked up little, you know, things off of that. Uh, Comic View. Uh, I remember uh, watching Comic View late at night when my parents were sleeping, you know, catching them slipping, you know what I mean, and watching that, and just, maybe not necessarily understanding everything, but the stuff I did get, like, just laughing, you know, especially when you're younger, 
like everything seems so funny to you because you don't know anything you know what I mean it's like everything is new and so like the, just like the the stuff you hear that makes you laugh it's just you know it's all new um that I guess that 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 innocence you know what I'm saying and that's kind of what what comedy is in its purest form is 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 innocence in, in, in some sense like not knowing something being surprised um so, back to the question at hand, why I got into stand-up comedy, that aspect of it, right? You know, I, I was fortunate enough to grow up with uh, awesome siblings, right? Like, always doing above and beyond, at least as far as I could tell, you know? And that could just be being the youngest of three, but like, my sister oldest of the bunch, you know what I'm saying, she's like eight or nine years older than us, or eight or nine years older than me, I should say, and, you know, I just remember always, you know, just looking up to, you know, stuff she did, even like my musical taste as far as like R&B goes, was like from old, you know, cassette tapes, she left when she, you know, went to college and whatnot, um, you know, she ran track. She was a heavy into track. She was heavy into basketball, you know. And uh, ironically, those are the two sports that I somewhat excelled at. And when I say excelled at, like I was functional in. You know what I'm saying? Like I could make the team in both. Uh, and then my brother, of course, same thing. All-star athlete. Uh, pretty good in school. Both both siblings. Like, for me, like, there was no comparison. Like, both of them were better than me at, you know, sports, academics, you know what I'm saying? They killed me. But I think where <coughs> where I found my lane, per se, is, you know, with, with comedy. Uh, not necessarily comedy, but, but, like, with being funny. Like, family functions, like, I would be the silly one, you know, or being the butt of the joke, like, them laughing at me for whatever reason, me doing something silly. Um, I, like, a lot of kids, <laughs> you know, I was like, I felt like I was like the dancer, right? Like, you know, I used to dance to Michael Jackson and, you know, entertain the family that way sometimes. Um, but, yeah, so... In school, I was never the best. I was never the best in school when it came to pretty much most stuff, right? I was pretty one of the middle. What I like to call average or 2B1PNC. What 2B1PNC stands for is two buns, one patty, no condiments, right? So basically plain, regular as fuck, you feel me? But where I excelled, was in my sense of humor, right? Like, when I didn't understand, you know, stuff in class, or, you know, just born in class because I didn't feel like learning. Like, that's what I did. Like, I would just cut up, you know what I'm saying? You know, before I knew what the hell glasses were and why you needed them, like, 
I'd be in the back of the class and like I couldn't see the board. And you know, since I couldn't write down what was on the board, instead of me, you know, being intelligent enough to be like, hey, maybe I should scoot up or, you know, go up there and you know write down what I need to write down. I would just be back there, you know, just doing stupid shit. <laughs> and for whatever reason, you know, the kids like paid attention to me. But through that, you know, I just started picking up cues and, and noticing, you know, the little the nuances of, of what people did. You know, I had a, what you call situational humor, you know what I'm saying? Like if someone, you know, made a strange noise, I, you know, instead of like ignoring it, I would, you know, hit it head on or, you know, someone falling or just, you know, silly stuff people did in school. I was pretty good at like picking out it and making jokes about it. Uh, one thing that that people say I had, I guess back then, was like that that nonchalant, don't really care about much attitude. To where like I would joke anyone. It didn't matter if you had fly clothes on. It didn't matter if you was dusty than a motherfucker. Like I was an equal opportunist when it came to jokes. Like I didn't care. That for me, especially uh, something I didn't mention, like my dad was in the military, so you know I'm a military brat, so I moved around constantly, right? So of course with that that lifestyle, you know what I'm saying? You have to go to different schools, and you have to you know adjust, whether it be the culture in the new area that you're in, you know the new environment that you're in. You know what I'm saying? When we move, like, sometimes we would be in, like, uh, poor neighborhoods. Other times we'd move and we'd be in, you know, affluent, affluent neighborhoods. And so one thing I did appreciate was I got the, 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 to experience, I think, most of what America is. You know what I'm saying? And what I mean by that is, like, I've, I've been poor. <laughs> you feel me? Like I've I've you know, I've had to, you know, only had a, a grilled cheese sandwich or didn't eat at all, you know. But I also, you know, used to have shoot I used to eat three times a day and snacks, you know, and had lunch. You know what I'm saying? It, it's just certain times in my life, you know. But yeah. But through that, you know, I just felt like, you know, I was funny. And people would tell me I was funny. And, you know, people would be like, man, I could just chill with you all day and laugh at some of the shit you be thinking. You know, or, yeah, just easing people's sorrows, you know, when they were sad. Or, you know, little stuff like that. Um, I remember senior year did like this little graduation like play slash little show or whatever and like people were so nervous to like be in front of like parents and the school and I was so down with that shit you know what I mean like I was trying to get into every little skit we had and like 
you know, we did a few run-throughs, little practices and stuff. But I mean, when them lights came on, like, like I was not nervous at all. Like, it felt like I belonged there. I almost think back, like, if I was more... I shouldn't even say if I was more confident. If, if being in theater was cooler at the time, I probably would have been in some type of theater type stuff. Even like band, I ain't even gonna lie, cause I played I played instruments in like middle school, and I ended up quitting. Um, and part of the reason was that it wasn't necessarily cool, you know. Like my brother, all-star athlete, you know, everybody looked up to him to the point where they were calling me little BJ and shit until you know. He gave me a nickname. <laughs> you know what I mean? So they called me Lil BJ until um, he created a, a nickname for me. They called me Perm. Uh, I assume because my hair uh, was so straight that it looked like I had a perm, which I never did. But, you know, I had that. So shout out to my brother for nicknaming me. Like, sometimes stuff just sticks. People still call me Perm to this day, even parents call me perm to this day just one of those things but yeah so essentially um back to the question uh why i started stand-up comedy i always had an interest in comedy or being funny whether that be you know improv stuff uh stand-up stuff or uh like movies you know uh comedian movies but um yeah, man, I just, just being oblivious, I didn't know how to start, where to look, like, I really thought you had to be in, like, Hollywood in order to do any of that shit, like, I didn't even know, like, they had stand-up, like, places, like, never heard of the improv, never heard of, like, the Laugh Factory or whatever other, like, joke places they had, even when I, even when I got out of school, like, when I was, um, in the military, I ended up joining the military once I graduated high school. In the military, like, I would always crack jokes and stuff like that. <laughs> and people used to tell me how funny I was. But I, again, didn't know any, like, I didn't know any other, like, I didn't know how to, to, to start, basically, in any of that. It wasn't until... Like smartphones, internet, um, and after I graduated college, that I really realized that that was actually an option, right? But at that time, I ended up having a kid, and so my priority was, fuck, I gotta get a real job, I gotta make some money, god damn it, you know, gotta, you know, find a way to, to, to take care of this seed, man, you know, because... Yeah, I mean, I I had my dad my whole life, so, you know, the, the crazy thing was, out of like, I would say, the, the, the intermediate group I had in like high school as far as the, the, the folks I kicked it with, me and one, one dude had our dad, and, and the other two, I mean, of course, they had their, their dads at some point in their life, but 
when I met them, you know what I'm saying, it was just their, their mom, so, it was like a, a, in the middle thing, where like, some people had their dad, some people didn't, but, I could see where I guess not having a dad had some small effect on me. You know, they still came out to be great people, but I mean, you know, it's still it's still something about having both parents that you like. For instance, like my dad always had a job, right? Or, you know what I'm saying? He always was able to generate income from either work he's done or work he did. You know what I'm saying? Or work he's doing or work he did. So, <coughs> so for me, it was like a no-brainer, like, to continue working. Like, I, I worked throughout college. You know, um, I worked in high school. Funny story. Well, I don't know if necessarily a funny story or a side note, but, like... <laughs> When I turned 16, my dad was like, hey, man, you want to go to the grocery store with me? And I was like, shit, let's go, shit. So we driving. I'm thinking about all the shit I'm going to try to get, you know. And as soon as I walk in the door, you know, he he goes up to the manager and was like, yeah, so this is my son. <laughs> and he can start work whenever you need him. Next thing I know, this man then handed me a shirt. It's like, great, you start tomorrow. Last time my dad gave me a ride anyway, I'm talking about I had to work, walk to work. Of course it wasn't that far, but it was just messed up that, you know, I was like, damn, here I'm thinking I'm about to get some goddamn, uh, you know, Fruit Loops and, and, you know, little random ass snacks and stuff. And this man, that got me a job. But yeah, so those little things, uh, just having a parent, I, I, or just having a father figure in my life, you know, it, it was really important for me to, like, still be there for my son and, you know, make sure I, you know, provide for him like I should, you know what I'm saying? And uh, with anything, I was, uh, well, I shouldn't say with anything, but I was, when I, when my son was born, I was in, I wouldn't say a dark place, but essentially a dark place, you know what I'm saying, the courts was after a nigga, you know what I'm saying, baby moms that put a nigga on child support and shit, um, you know, and that's to no fault of our own, cause you know, in the hindsight, you know, you gotta take care of your kid, and you know, if you file for any type of uh, state assistance or anything like that, you know, the government gonna come for their money, period, you know, regardless, male or female, but anyways, so I was really even more uh, focused on, you know, uh, getting a decent job, working, taking care of my kid. Um, and once I established that, you know, now you got time to think about goals, you know what I'm saying? Think about dreams. And that's when, you know, like what makes me happy, you know what I mean? Making people laugh. That's the type of stuff that makes me happy. So, started looking into uh, stand-up stuff, and uh, you know, I, I wanted to go for it, but it, then it was like, all right, man, I might be, you know, too old to do it. You know what I'm saying? So, and then, you know, 
lot of people or a lot of comedians say, you know, you, you in order to really be successful, you got to be like full time. And you know, I, you know, just off of responsibility, I can't, you know, do that full time. You know what I'm saying? My kid need health insurance. You know what I'm saying? That's what shit. Comedians don't get no damn health insurance. They ain't got no health plan. You know, so you know, it kind of went to the back of my mind for a little bit. Um, but, you know, with a lot of things, sometimes you kind of, you know, look for signs, you know what I'm saying, from wherever. And one thing, I did, another thing I didn't mention, like music, I enjoy music, like, thoroughly. Like, music to me is, like, therapy. Like, that... Like listening to the right song could could make my day go by like nothing. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm one of those listeners where like I could play a song and put that bitch on repeat and listen to it for two hours straight. You know what I'm saying? Dissecting the the instrumental, dissecting the lyrics, like the whole track. The whole track could take me to another world. You know, it can make me think about life, shit, how life started, like deep thoughts, you know what I'm saying? Or not, it could just be, you know, a booty song. It made me think about, you know, some chick I used to fuck with or something like that. But anyways, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's, it, it, and basically one of the songs I heard, uh, was by a dude named Euros. E U R O Z. One of the best uh, talents that I've heard, just in general. I just really enjoy this man. Music, yo. One of the slept ons for me. But and 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 what he said in the song isn't something that I haven't heard before. But how he said it resonated with me. You know what I mean? And essentially what he said is, don't let the fear of failure hold you back. You know, simple statement. Nothing too big, nothing too major. But it really just hit me like, man, like, all right, I got the job, stable job that I wanted. My son is good. Like, you know, now it's time to think about me, you know what I mean? And I was like, man, shit, let's, uh, like, you know, like, how can I do it? Like, like, why not do it? You know what I'm saying? So I started looking up places. I ended up finding a few spots. And I just went there to, like, watch people, you know? And when I saw some of the people, I was like, okay, yeah, I could do that. I, I really think I could do that. I got some jokes. Um, I remember just... Uh, writing some random stuff down, uh, stuff I might have said to friends, you know, little stuff like that. And uh, as soon as I, like, I almost talked myself out of it, like, I messed around and went to, like, a little Chinese restaurant, and, like, I had these little fortune cookies, and, like, they, they put two in the bag, and both of them kind of, like, were giving me, like, another sign to, like, you know, all right, you, 
like try it you know what i'm saying this could be something good for you um shoot i still got those uh fortune cookie joints too um i should go get them and read them all out but essentially one of them was like sell to your success or something like that so for me like i was in the military i was in the navy to be exact so you know the selling part resonated with me and then the other portion, I was just like, this is a goddamn side, yo. Like, they telling me I need to do this shit. And then another one was like, you know, bask in your riches or something, something crazy like that. Which made me think, you know, alright, they both in this bag. Like, what are the odds? He to be. But, um, you know, of course, with fortune cookies, <laughs> you never get a bad one. You know what I'm saying? So you can take that how it go. Like, you never open up a fucking fortune cookie and it be like yeah nigga you ain't you ain't shit you ain't never gonna be shit so I don't even know why you eating this nasty ass food you know what I mean so you always get something for the most part positive or optimistic with the fortune cookies but you know when, when you're looking for a sign you can find it you feel me and that's 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 one of them so that started me actually like recording myself like doing jokes right but I still didn't have that that what you call it that that confidence to actually do it right my brother hit me up one day and was just talking to me about his endeavors and and what he's trying to do and you know flipping flipping houses and doing real estate and shit like that and how much he's been up on it and stuff and he was just like you know so you telling me you want to do stand-up like what what like what are you doing to accomplish that you know what i'm saying and i'm like shoot well i know they got one today and and, and you know signups is at six and he was like well shit what you doing like you 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 got the times you know what it is you know it's today like like why you not doing it? like why the fuck you not doing it? I was like, man, you know what? You sure is right, man. You know, man, let me go ahead and do it. <laughs> so, sure enough, man, I I just said, this is the day I'm going to do it. And uh, I did it. And I, I talk about the time of my motherfucking life, y'all. Like, that was an experience that I have never duplicated. Like, real talk. Like... They, like, to have control of a crowd from the words you say and, like, they actually, like, get, like, what you're saying and they laugh at it, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's an experience, like, it's a feeling. It's, it's, it's hard to explain if you never... I can, I can probably equate it to, like, a musician, like, people like really vibing to their songs or you know what I'm saying but I don't know it's it's like I said I, I've never felt so alive which is weird because like I said I was in the military you know accelerated my life you know what I mean like fucking driving million dollar ships and shit uh, going through the Suez going to different countries like 
dealing with hostile pirates and bullshit. Like, nothing compares to the adrenaline I had that night doing the stand-up shit. And I knew after that show, like, I was on the right track. Even if, like, I don't become some grandioso, like, stand-up comedian, like, just doing it on the side is cool. Like, I'm perfectly fine with that. Like, improving, essentially, like, I, it's a hobby, you know what I'm saying? Hopefully, I could turn it into something more than that, but right now, it's, it's a hobby, right? And a lot of times, well, stuff I've been reading and all of that, it's like speaking it into existence. So, you know, like, I want to take it to another level, you know what I mean? So, yeah, when people, when I talk to people, you know what I'm saying? I don't tell them where I actually work. I tell them, yeah, I'm a stand-up comedian. Now, if it's somebody I'm, I'm trying to date or whatever, of course, I'll give them, <laughs> I'll give them my real job. Like, hey, I, I do, you know what I'm saying, work. You know what I'm saying? I got benefits, shorty. You know what I'm saying? But I also got another passion. And what I realize is, that I, you know, as far as partners go, people like when you have like another passion you know what I mean like it's it's something that they could gravitate towards as well like it's like a journey you could take together but um yeah so I've been doing it for I say eight months on and off as far as my stand-up goes um I had some new year's resolutions like six of them bad boys um I only say two of them one was to have a conversation in Spanish and another one, of course, was to do stand-up more consistently. And I think I'm on the right track. Um, you know, the podcast is really something that I think is going to help my comedy. One, to get out all, like, the cobwebs, the thoughts, you know what I'm saying, that aren't necessarily into joke form. But, like, just to get those thoughts out and really, really narrow down the funny in those. You know what I'm saying? Uh, as far as like my style of stand-up, I'm leaning more towards just like stories. I think uh, I have a pretty unique, a unique uh, life, or had a, have a, a unique life. Like I've never lived anywhere more than four years. <coughs> Excuse me. Aside from Houston, I've been here the longest. So I lived on the West Coast, born on the West Coast. With Saeed, I lived on the East Coast. I lived in, I guess you could call it the Midwest. I guess Ohio. Ohio is the Midwest, right? So I lived in Ohio, um, the South. Only place I haven't really lived is the North. Ironically enough, like, you know, the North ain't, ain't where it's at for me. Like, <laughs> I, I like visiting it from here and there, but for the most part, like, the North ain't really, like, we'll get into it later, but, like, in my top five rappers, like, there's one New York person, maybe, and I know that's, like, the mecca for, for hip-hop or whatnot, but I only got, like, one one rapper that I, I could listen to from, like, New York and not be like, yo, why well, ain't gonna say that? There's a few, there's a few New York rappers I, I like, but to put them in that, that, that top five echelon. Uh, it's not too many. But yeah, so, yeah, that's why I 
wanted to start comedy. Nothing too, nothing too special about it, I don't think, but it's definitely, um, you know, something I wanted to, to pursue. All right, moving right along. The next topic I wanted to address briefly is PTCSD. If you don't know what it stands for, I'm going to tell you. It stands for Post-Traumatic Child Support Disorder. All right? Shit's a real thing, my nigga. Shit been fucking up niggas' lives since the shit was started, all right? Now, like anything, I shouldn't say like anything, but how my, how, how stuff was explained to me when I was growing up, right? Is that things happen for a reason, right? You know? Uh, crap balls. You know what I'm saying? If you got some crack, you can get damn near life for having some crack, right? Shit was so bad at one point, they had to make the laws harder, you know what I'm saying, in order for motherfuckers to understand, hey, you can't be serving this, you know what I mean? So that's what I view with child support. Like, there was too many ain't shit parents, uh, I, for the most part, let's be honest, Ain't shit dads because the majority of motherfuckers on child support are fathers, right? And it affects black males more often than not. You know what I'm saying? Just because, of course, the household being divided as it is as far as um, parent. You know what I'm saying? Fathers not, not being in the same household. But yeah, that shit needs to change. I don't know how it needs to change, but this shit needs to change. Like, I've seen child support ruin dudes. Like, completely ruin dudes. I remember when I went there, nigga, I was crying. Like, when that when that judge told me I had to pay $400 a month, dog. So, I was working at, at Walmart. Now, everybody know Walmart don't pay money like that, right? My net income was $800, right? My net income was $800. I had to give $400. So, that leaves me with $400, right? My rent was 350 <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So, I had $50 to my name, right? My cell phone bill, I had, I believe I had two lines at the time, um, was $100, right? Then I had a car note. My car note was like $155, something like that. Then I had car insurance. Car insurance was like $120, something like that. You know what I mean? Then, of course, you know your regular expenditures throughout the month. So, your boy was technically in the hole, right? I had to use fucking student loans, goddamn, to stay afloat. 
right? Now, of course, most people are like, well, shit, that was a problem. You should have dropped out of school <laughs> and just, you know, work full time or whatever. But it's like people with that that mindset, I guess, is not looking at the, the, the larger picture. But at the same time, I understand, like, you know, a kid can't eat school books. You know what I'm saying? Kid got to eat, you know. But um, it's one of those things where, like, like, how do I explain it? Like, it's one of those things where in, in this current age we're in, like, whoever has the child, which, like I said earlier, primarily is the woman, right? They get the assistance, right? Whether it be housing, food stamps, uh, you know, the tuition assistance, the grants, the scholarships, women's scholarships or whatever. Like, uh, maybe even even help out with, like, daycare and stuff like that, you know, in order for you to, to get your education. Now, something that, you know, I don't know if they this is an actual correlation, you know what I'm saying? I'm just saying it from observation so this is all my personal thinking I, I didn't read any stats or nothing like that but of course we know right that the black woman is the most educated woman right black girl magic shout out to my sisters out there right now we also know that again single homes uh well kids growing up in single homes primarily it's the black women dealing with that right you know, we can lean towards being forced because, you know, they got to take care of their children. They got no choice. They can't just give up their kids. You know what I'm saying? They have to, you know, find out avenues. You know what I'm saying? And they, they get help. So they end up being able to go to school, finishing school, getting a good job, and, you know, having to take on those those roles of, of, of making sure their kids are straight because, you know, it's their responsibility essentially, right? So, they have op the opportunities for them to be more educated is there, you know, with the help of that, right? That's that's my uneducated opinion on that, all right? You know what I'm saying? Am I hating? I don't think so. <laughs> I possibly could be hating. I, I don't think I... No, let me take that back. I'm only... I guess you could you could say it's like hate, but it's not like it's it's hate in the in the sense that like I wish I I had that opportunity, like I wish I had someone looking out for me when I was trying to 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 to, to graduate. You know what I'm saying? But it was like it, it was like motherfuckers ain't had no empathy towards me. You know what I'm saying? Like when I didn't have the money. Like, I had to deal with it, you know what I'm saying? Um, for the most part. Luckily, I had a stable foundation as far as, like, intermediate family that was like, you know, I got you. And some friends who, who, who held me down during that time, too. But everybody don't don't have that type of, type of, uh, type of, what do you call it, uh, uh, foundation, you know what I mean? Like, if I didn't have you know those people in my life at the time like my life could be totally different totally different like 
I could have, you know, dropped out of school. And it's it's hard to go back to school. That shit ain't easy, especially when you got a flow and then you stop going. Like I've taken three or four master's uh, degree courses, right? And then, you know, for uh, financial reasons, I didn't I didn't go back. You know what I'm saying? And I kind of lost a little. You know motivation once I started making uh, decent money or whatever so like the 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 what do you call it the struggles of trying to go back and like you know getting in that regimen of like all right once I get home I gotta study you know once I get home I gotta do this paper you know take this test you know what I'm saying when I could be you know fucking drinking or playing Apex Legends or you know Doing whatever, you know, you do on your leisure time. Reading, YouTubing, you know, whatever the case may be. But, yeah. So, yeah. Hopefully I ain't ruffle too many feathers with that, that whole little segment or whatnot. But, um, you know, one thing about being a comedian, man. You got to stand on what you say sometimes, you know what I'm saying? So I'm going to stand on it, you know what I'm saying? Didn't mean it in any disrespectful way, but that there that is a serious situation for me, right? You know, a lot of times people, uh, you know, are empathetic to their own uh, issues, right? So that was one of my issues at the time. Post-traumatic child support disorder. Shit was real. Traumatized. But it is what it is. All right. Moving on to the lighter part of the segment, right? My top five comedians. Dead or alive. Alright? Now, this is no particular order. These are just people that I find hilarious, right? Whether it's because they make me think or whether it's just because how they say it, what they say is just funny, right? Doesn't have any, any, I'm not going to say it doesn't have any intellect, but it doesn't have any, any, um, like it's not teaching me anything, but it's still funny. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, my top five, and it's hard, it's really hard because there's a lot of comedians that I do like, but I'm going to say my top five and like an honorable mention, okay? Um, so first off, Corey Holcomb, uh, that motherfucker is hilarious. Uh, one of the, the the best. I don't I don't. He has like one or two specials, um, but I guess where I saw him, where I, it was just just mad funny, was uh, All Star Comedy Jam. Shaq's All Star Comedy Jam. He had a. a segment on one of his joints and that dude was hilarious hilarious real disrespectful comedy you know which you know for some people like (laughs) rubs you know people the wrong way but you know if you if you are a good person at heart I I feel like you can still laugh at you know jokes that you know are (laughs) Are ignorant as hell, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, it, it's it's the, the thing about it is it's, it's a form of entertainment. Like it, they're just trying to be funny. Like with 
Corey Holcomb, like his shit be real, but it still be a joke too. You know what I'm saying? All of the stuff he say, I know it's just it's just you know funny stuff to say. I don't think he actually do it, but yeah, Corey Holcomb is one. Uh, Patrice O'Neal, his uh, elephant in the room, man. That shit. That shit is hilarious, and one of my one of my old coworkers uh, pretty much put me on to him. Well, I heard the stand up right, and I really enjoyed the stand up, but I didn't remember his name or I think the look of his name. And someone you know officially gave the name, then I looked it up and I was like, oh, that's the dude I heard. And yeah, he he he, he was funny as hell. Um, and then after that, I, I kind of started watching a lot of his stuff. Um, unfortunately, uh, yeah, he ended up passing away with, like, diabetes or something like that. You know, health problems. Um, so, yeah, there's two. Then Russell Peters. A lot of people don't know about Russell Peters, but I've been watching Russell Peters for a while. Um, he's an Indian dude. Um, from Canada and I kind of uh, fell on to him just watching like YouTube videos and then he put his, his joint out and also on Netflix so Netflix and YouTube uh, directed me to Russell Peters so he had two two uh, two specials that I think were pretty good that uh, if you guys got the time you should take a look at as Notorious and outsourced. Both of those are, are pretty funny um, specials that he has. Um, so that's three. My fourth is, of course, um, well, I shouldn't say of course, but Dave Chappelle is my fourth. Not some of his early stand-ups. I think some of his early stand-ups, I might have been not necessarily not necessarily um, too young to get, but his style, I wasn't into his style of comedy during that time. So I don't know if necessarily it was his comedy that adjusted where he got better, or if it was me maturing and understanding his comedy more that made me like him more. Um, so that's him and then Richard Pryor course Richard Pryor he's you know technically like way ahead of my time but I still like remember like watching all of his like going to the library and like reading VHS uh, movies of his and like just laughing at all the movies he used to have and also his um, actual stand up stuff like going back because of watching his movies when I was younger, like going back and, and actually watching like his stand-ups and just hilarious. Like even, I, I was watching like the Richard Pryor show on YouTube and like even to this day, like I still laugh at his stuff, even though, you know, those were taped in like the 80s, 70s, 80s. So I get that to him. And my honorable mention would be George Carlin. Now, he's also someone I actually used to, like, sneak and listen to. Um, like, again, like, catching my parents slipping 
like them. You know, well, I wouldn't even say that because my dad didn't pay for HBO. But like when you get that little <laughs> special preview, where they give you like a weekend at HBO and shit. Like as soon as he like fall asleep and shit, I'd be, you know, watching like Hookers on the Point. <laughs> I watched all type of shit on HBO, man. But uh, yeah, I caught like two of his um, two of his uh, stand-up specials, and even when I was a kid, like some of his stuff I could follow, and I really just thought his his he was funny, like how he told the stories and everything. But yeah, the uh, the, the two uh, specials that I've enjoyed, um, even from back then and now. Um, life is worth losing and back in town he had a good um, like even like his comedy to me um, and he's an honorable, honorable mention though he's like not my top five per se but he, he had a joke like we got stuff going on with the abortion and stuff like that and something that I hear some people say now like he said you know what I'm saying it's kind of crazy how history just repeats itself over and over again. But he, he said, uh, if you're pre-born, you're good. As far as like what, what conservatives think. If you're pre-born, you're good. When you're preschool, you're screwed. Like, you know, when you're in the womb, you know what I'm saying? They want to make sure you, you make it out. You know what I'm saying? But when you're born, they don't necessarily want to provide you the assistance that you need. Right? Um... So that's one of those people where they, he just, you know, he always had the ability to, to make you laugh and think at the same time, which I think is a good mixture uh, for, like, comedians. But, yeah, so that's my top five comedians, right? So this isn't, like, what I think the top five comedians are because, to me, that's a whole different list. But my top five comedians, as far as who I enjoy, uh, are them just to run them back through Corey Holcomb, Richard Pryor, Dave Chappelle, Patrice O'Neill, and Russell Peters. Hilarious, and of course, I will mention George Cronin. So, fuck it, my top six comedians are them. So, yeah, all right. So, the last segment I'm gonna do for you guys. Well, you know what? I take that back because this, this shit been going on. For longer than I wanted to, I want to keep my my uh, podcast under under um, an hour. I'm really I was really pushing for like 45 minutes, but you know I guess you know since it's the first actual episode, it's, it's you know running a little long, but I promise I'll make it a little shorter. An hour is a long time to listen to a motherfucker, like you know what I'm saying. So yeah, one day. I mean, y'all might actually be doing that on the regular, especially if I can get one of them hour specials or something like that popping on Netflix. Heard them boys getting that money, that money. But nah, so I think I'm, I, I think I'm gonna stop it here, um, and hopefully um, on the next podcast I'll do my top five rappers. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I appreciate you if you made it all the way through this giant. You know what I'm saying? But, what I will say in conclusion to this is that in life, 
you're faced with many different challenges. Within those challenges, nine times out of 10, your best option is to try. Just try. Some of those challenges you'll overcome and some of those challenges you won't. But it's okay, because sometimes it be like that. Right, folks, I appreciate you joining this Sometimes It Be Like That podcast. I hope I get you for listeners. You know what I'm saying? Uh, my homegirl uh, made me some shirts. So, you know, if you ever um, get invited to my podcast, you get a shirt if you do the podcast with your boy. And also, um, in the future, if I if this really takes off, we'll start we'll start um, selling those shirts online and stuff like that. And if you if you down with your boy and you you want to help out or you know contribute to the cause, you know what I'm saying? Uh, for the content, um, you'll be able to purchase those. But again, appreciate your time. If you made it through this long, if not, if you skip through, you know what I mean. I appreciate that too. You know. I, I I hope this is just the beginning. So, you know what I'm saying? As I do more, like with my comedy, um, my intentions are on to make it better. If uh, if you guys have any suggestions or like maybe topics or opinions that you would, would, would like to, to, to hear about certain topics, I will say one thing. Uh, government topics, I ain't about to touch on um, just because... You know, the 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 stuff I do currently, I'm probably shouldn't be talking about stuff like that. You know what I mean? But aside from that, you know what I'm saying? Anything and everything will be discussed. Alright. So that's it. Hope you enjoyed it. Peace out.